We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Oregon fans? How are we doing? It is Monday, October 10th, 2022. Hope everybody's having an awesome day, whatever you guys have going on. Get that week started. Uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid of Mondays, but you know, I think that Mondays is a good opportunity to kind of set the tone for the week and uh, just kind of get things off to a good start. Uh, we are live on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Oregon Football Max Taurus. Wanted to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Whether you guys are here live, if you're here live, throw a question or comment into the live chat section. Love engaging with you guys and seeing what. What is on your minds as uh, Oregon turns the page from Arizona to focus on their bye week, kind of getting things right? Uh, we're going to talk about that and kind of a little bit of some bye week stuff. But if you're on replay, drop me a comment as well. Let me know what's on your mind with this Oregon football team or Oregon recruiting as well. Uh, and make sure to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. So, a little bit of a shorter episode today. I think I'm going to go about 30 minutes or so, is my goal. Let's talk about some of our top takeaways from Oregon's 49-22 win over the Arizona Wildcats. This is a big win for Oregon for a multitude of reasons, right? I think let's kind of get into the first one. Um, you know, Oregon's able to go to Tucson on the road for their first win since 2011. Uh, I think they were down there in 2018 when Justin Herbert was still there. And man, uh, Oregon just got clobbered. Uh, there. So I think one of the big takeaways from this win is that I think after having two wins now, first on the Palouse, really close game, thrilling comeback. Remember that we were saying after that game, Oregon showed they were able to, you know, they were able to come back in a game for the first time in since probably the pre Cristobal era, um, just because we know how limited that offense was running the ball, or sorry, how limited they were passing the ball. So Oregon, I think, showed that they can win in a couple different ways, right? That sure landing is talking about that each week, but I think it's true. Not only is it true, it's a good thing. Oregon shows that they can go on the road and, and win in a tough environment multiple times now um, with that first win over uh, Washington state on the road. That was big for their confidence, I think. And then going on the road to Tucson somewhere, this, the state of Arizona as a whole has not been too kind to Oregon. I think we all know that uh, if you've watched Oregon for uh, for any number of years, uh, but you can obviously date back to that uh, that brilliant Addison and Vernon Adams catch against Arizona State in Tempe that won that game. Um, 
Actually, I don't know if it won that game, but that was one of the craziest plays in that game. So case in point, I think that it's Oregon shows us that they can win in a a variety of ways and that they can win on the road. That was one of my biggest questions heading into this season for Oregon is can they win on the road? I've said it a couple of times. What parts, what elements of this Oregon team can travel? And I think what we're seeing here from this latest showing, sure, Arizona isn't the best team, but you know, a pretty good majority of the um, of Oregon as a team uh, traveled really well. I think another thing, another good, um, I think another good takeaway from this one is that Oregon played a cleaner game. Um, I'm trying to look at the uh, penalties. Well, let's see, six penalties for 56 yards compared to uh, Arizona with just with three for 11. But to go from like 135, I think it was, to 56 was a lot more of kind of what we've grown to expect, right? Um, And I think it was shocking that they had 135 penalty yards in a home game uh, in that game against Stanford. So good to see them kind of lock back in, play a cleaner game, uh, and then just really do everything uh, as far as a well-rounded effort. I think that Lanning said after the game that this was one of Oregon's one of, if not the most complete games that Oregon has played so far in, in 2022. And uh, that's that's the mark of, uh, of a good team. You can play a complete game. You don't need uh, the offense necessarily to be uh, rescuing you if you know your defense is, is having a rough day. Uh, Oregon's offense, was, was they got off to a little bit of a slow start, right? But then they found their groove. Bo Nix got into a groove. The running attack got into the groove. And then on defense, they were able to, um, you know, force some turnovers, which is is always a plus. Um, Jaleel Florence had his first college interception. Bennett Williams forced a fumble that was recovered by Keon Ware Hudson, um, which I think is actually the thumbnail of this video. Uh, that was a really cool picture, so I had to use that one. So let's let's maybe start just talking a little bit uh, about the offense. Um, because that's, I mean, that's kind of my, that's the funnest thing for me to talk about. Um, but let's just go ahead and look at some of these numbers. When we're talking about the offense, can't hurt to uh, to start with Bo Nix, right? The uh, veteran quarterback for Oregon, well, through the portal, but he's a veteran at the college level. Interesting stat line for Bo Nix, 20 for 25 with 265 passing yards, but no touchdowns. But man, he still had a big impact on this game. Uh, he finished as the leading rusher for Oregon once again. Eight carries for 70 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Bo Nix just really continues to do whatever this Oregon offense needs of him. Uh, I think the deep ball looked a little bit better this week compared to last week against Stanford. I know there were a couple of throws that he would have liked to have back. Um, but the, the deep ball looks like it was working a little bit better this past week. Uh, certainly had that big pass to Chris Hudson just I mean, that was just like two, I think it was two yards away from being a touchdown, but heck of an effort from Chris Hudson to uh, connect with Bo Nix and and reel that one in. Um, That was the longest passing play of the day um, for the Ducks, 42 yards through the air. Chris Hudson finished with two catches for 60 yards, uh, 19 yards after the catch. And just on the topic of the wide receivers, I think that one thing that the word I think that stands out the most to me about these wide receivers is balance because 
that's something that they kind of had last year, but we really knew that Devin Williams was the number one guy. Um, he, he at least certainly came on as the number one guy as the season progressed. Uh, Troy Franklin was the freshman that played the most, but now looking at this Oregon team, I think you have Troy Franklin as your solidified number one guy, but there's still other guys that contribute and kind of do their, do their own part, you know, kind of pull their own weight. We saw seven McGee get involved again uh, with a quick pass uh, in this game. And then he had some, some really nice yards after the catch. Great to see seven again. Uh, I think he would have gotten even more yards if he didn't trip up on that uh, play that uh, I think it was over the middle uh, that he really stuck out and made his impact in this game. But Chase Coda continues to make uh, an, an impact as well. Three catches for 60 yards long of 30. Um, and I believe his catch was kind of a catch and run too. Uh, and then we already talked about Chris Hudson, um, Troy Franklin with three for 38. So I, I think it's it was a little weird that Oregon didn't have any touchdowns through the air, but they still had an overall effective day through the air. No turnovers, just five incompletions for Bo. Um, and I think what's also cool about Bo is that they've had games. I can't remember what the stat was. It was, uh, I want to say it was just, oh, shoot. Let me see if I can find this, um, find this stat that I was looking for. It was something about the uh, pass attempts. Um, but I don't think I have it here. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't have it, but basically the, the stat that I was looking for is the point I was trying to make rather Oregon's been able to have Bo Nix, you know, if they really want to air it out, they can ask him to do that. And he's pretty comfortable. It seems throwing, you know, 35, 40 times a game if they need him to, but then he also has the ability to hurt you with his legs. Um, and I think what was cool with this uh, last game is that you didn't necessarily necessarily see a lot of short yardage rushing touchdowns. He's able to get out in space um, and, and make some guys miss and sprint up the sideline and, and, and do some damage there. Um, rushing eight yard, eight times for 70 yards and three touchdowns, matching his career and season high for rushing touchdowns. Um, I think that uh, that's, uh, that's an interesting mark because it shows how effectively he's being utilized in this offense. He's taking care of the ball. He looks comfortable. He's taking risks. And it just seems like Kenny Dillingham, this, this reunion has been just what the doctor ordered for Bo Nix and really for Oregon's offense and Oregon's passing attack. Um, I, I think that I, I didn't see Bo Nix having this kind of a season. And now there's chatter I think is getting legitimized with each good week he has is Bo Nix, a legitimate Heisman contender. Oregon's only lost one game so far, obviously with that drumming uh, against Georgia. I think you'll see the same result for a lot of teams that go up against that bulldog squad this year, but he's showing that maturity, the poise, the composure, the big playability. He can make a variety of throws uh, and, and Oregon's schedule I think has some really good big time games coming up, right? You have the the next game that Oregon is going to be having uh, in, on October 22nd against UCLA with uh, those really cool uniforms that they just dropped. UCLA, UCLA looks like they could legitimately be the top team in the Pac-12 after knocking off Utah. Uh, so that's a big game to see how Bo Nix can perform. And then Utah comes back to Autzen Stadium for a, a little bit of a revenge game. So I think if he can perform really well in those two games, he's only going to be strengthening his his Heisman case. And he's putting together a pretty legit resume right now just with how he's able to hurt you. He's, he's 
not making a lot of mistakes. Uh, the offensive line is, is playing tremendous. Um, I saw that was a comment here. Uh, so that's obviously a, a big part of, of why he's playing so well. But I think he's just he's executing the game plan the way that they need him to each week. And he's really emerged as the, the one of the stars of this offense, but probably the main star uh, just with how this season has gone. Um, and then we have to talk about the rushing offense too, right? Bucky Irving, he uh, he continues to, to make a big impact. And it's not just him. This was kind of interesting. So Bucky Irving led the Ducks with 12 carries for um, 69 yard, 67 yards. So he had the most carries, but Jordan James, the true freshman, was right behind him, 10 carries for 69 yards with a long of 24. So I think Bucky's a star. We already knew that. He made some good receiving plays out of the backfield too. Uh, Noah Whittington had a, a touchdown as well, six carries for 92 yards. So he was the leading rusher for the Ducks. I was watching that game, man, and, and Noah Whittington has some awesome vision, and it really feels like the more the season goes on, there's not that much of a drop-off, if any, between Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington. Both those guys run super hard. They're both capable pass catchers, and I think that the the vision is one of the big takeaways as far as a difference between last year's offense and this year's Oregon offense is it seems like, you know, last year when CJ was, was healthy, there were times when throughout his career really where it just felt like he wasn't really reading the, the blocks right. And he was running into the backs of his offensive linemen, but it looks like Bucky and, and Noah are, are really, really in sync with this offensive line. Uh, they were able to rotate in a, a number of true a, a number of underclassmen, uh, less experienced offensive linemen in this game, and that's crucial. Those are crucial developmental reps um, that you need to be getting. That this Oregon team, quite frankly, wasn't getting at all last year. Maybe we need to talk about that as a kind of a broad takeaway. Maybe I can go a little bit more in depth on this as we're in the bye week. But the way that Oregon's been able to win a number of games handedly. That's something that Mario Cristobal, at least last year and this Oregon team, they, they flat out were not able to do. And what's one of the results about that? One of the results of that is that you have a lot of guys that are these highly touted recruits that aren't ready to come into games in big time situations. You can't get those guys developmental reps. And then heaven forbid you lose one of your biggest key contributors. And then it's their time to shine and they're not ready because they haven't seen the field. Um, I, I just think that that's one of the biggest takeaways for me. I, I feel like I've said it a bunch of times, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think that's one of the biggest takeaways. One of the biggest positives early on in this Oregon football season is that they've been able to put teams away that they are supposed to beat. Uh, maybe it was a little bit closer on the Palouse against Washington state, but that was the first true Pac-12 road game. But Arizona, obviously, as we know, hasn't been kind to them and they were able to go in there and just, and just make Arizona look awful. Um, and, and I think that that's definitely a, a testament to this coaching staff, these players, the development. Uh, Ty Thompson was able to get in again, didn't put together uh, you know, a crazy stat line, just three for four with nine yards. Really curious why we didn't see Jay Butterfield um, or why we're not seeing more of him when uh, Oregon's able to get some of the uh, backups in. But the last thing I wanted to talk about on, on offense before I wanted to switch, switch gears to uh, defense a little bit is uh, how cool was it to see Maliki Matavao on that uh, that tight end sweep uh, touchdown run? I, I think just we're seeing more under center plays than we've 
seen in years for Oregon. I don't even think I was following Oregon the last time they were playing this much under center. Um, so I think that just seeing the creativity and, and all the different things that, that Kenny Dillingham and this team are able to throw at you just make Oregon such a difficult, such a difficult offense to prepare for. Um, you know, Terrence Ferguson also had some catches in this game, two catches for, for 19 yards. Uh, and the Maliki's getting more involved. We see that giant, the jumbo 14 J formation when they bring in four tight ends, I think it is, they line up under center and they bring in, um, Josh Connerly. That's the J in the 14 J. Uh, so he, he's playing a whole lot and it's, it's awesome to see. So Oregon's offense continues to put up a ton of, of points, and a ton of yards, uh, total offensive yards for Oregon, 580, 306 of those yards came on the ground for seven and a half yards per carry, seven rushing touchdowns. It's just, it's just been a show to watch uh, with this Oregon offense. And I think while they maybe didn't start as fast as they wanted to, once they found that groove, everything was, was all good. And, and that allows the defense to go out and take the field with, uh, you know, a, a whole lot of confidence, I think. And we're going to talk about the defense right after the break. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We got more Oregon football talk after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. We are live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Oregon Football Max Torres. However you're tuning in, wherever you're tuning in, we appreciate you being here, whether you're listening uh, on a podcast, maybe you're driving in the car, maybe you're at the gym just looking for your duck fix, um, or you're here on YouTube, and and, uh, we really appreciate it. So let's talk about Oregon's defense this was a comment from Shadow Faction 24 saying defense is looking a bit better each week. And uh, I'm definitely inclined to agree. Um, I know with, with Arizona, the, the, big, the big concern or focus, maybe a better word, was the passing attack. 
And Jacob Cowing, he he got his. He had six, six catches for 77 yards, no touchdowns. Um, the only passing touchdown that they surrendered was to T-Mac, Tyrone McMillan, five catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. I, I really think that this was about as good of a performance as you could have asked for from the secondary, um, especially considering some of the some of the adversity that they faced with uh, with Dante Manning getting ejected for a targeting call. Um, Jaden Delora, 24 for 42 with one interception. That interception obviously coming from Jaleel Florence, the true freshman, who was asked to step up after Dante Manning got ejected. Um, and then one touchdown for Delora. Got to him two times for a sack. Uh, you want to continue to try to see that number you know, grow each week. Um, 115 rushing yards for Arizona. Not great, four and a half, four point six yards per carry. I think that was a little bit more than the Oregon fans or Oregon coaches maybe wanted to, maybe wanted to limit Arizona to. But yeah, the the really the key word here is improvement. I think once Dante got it was uh, it was so sad to see Dante get ejected because he's playing probably that was probably his best game of the year uh, so far. And I feel like with his development, how he, I think he he would probably agree that he hasn't reached a level that he probably envisioned for himself uh, given how long he's been at Oregon. But for a guy like that, that's, you know, not stuck, but you're just kind of waiting for him to break out. I think he really needed one of these games just as a confidence booster. And especially with this quality of a receiving core that they were going up against in Arizona. um, I think that that absolutely could have been, even though he didn't play the whole game, at least he left on a high note, but that's what we got to talk about Jaleel Florence because he's a, a true freshman and it was kind of interesting. There were some some uh, there was a snap where he lined up across from T Mac, and I was like, "Wow, this this could have been something we saw in practice like every day because both of those guys were committed to Oregon." Um, but you got to give a shout out to Jaleel Florence. He got his first interception on a tipped ball, um, which just you know shows his awareness and playmaking ability. Um, they, they did try to pick on him a couple times. I think he was matched up against Dorian Singer, and and you know like I said, Singer got his every now and then. But overall, Jaleel Florence looked real solid. Um, for a true freshman, he even could have had a second interception on that two-point attempt, but uh, but he ended up dropping the ball. So I think that his preparation is is definitely a testament to this coaching staff, and you could also say uh, the value uh, kind of reinforces the value of enrolling early because he or remember he he got to Eugene uh, during spring ball, but I think it was after spring break, so it wasn't there the whole time. But Demetrius Martin was uh, talking about you know how important that was for him. And I think it just helps bridge the gap a little bit. You know, you're able to get uh, your your head in the playbook. You're able to kind of adjust the speed of the college game at practices and in the spring game, of course. You know, you get used to the hustle and bustle of just the college routine, uh, being a, a student athlete. Um, so I think that we're starting to see some of that depth. Um, I don't know. I still don't know if if we have, you know, the, that bona fide number two corner uh, for, for Oregon. Um, maybe it's going to be Jaleel Florence. I know Triquez Bridges has obviously been there as well in that mix, and then Dante Manning as well. Um, but overall, you know, pretty solid day from the Oregon secondary, all things considered. You have to give a shout-out to Bennett Williams because he forced one of the two turnovers uh, that Oregon was able to come away with on this game. in this game. He had a blitz and then knocked the ball loose from Delora, and Keon Ware Hudson was able to recover that one. Um, but we always knew that Bennett was a playmaker. So I think when your best players step up and make plays, that's kind of expected. But when you get someone who's maybe a little bit more under the radar or a little bit newer, uh, isn't in the rotation as much like we do with a Jaleel Florence, when you see those guys start to step up and make plays, 
I think that's where you kind of start to see what kind of a special team you have um, when, when you need to go into that depth and uh, you need a big game out of guys like that. Um, because I think if one of these guys is really able to get rolling um, at wide receiver specifically, maybe Arizona is able to get some confidence going and then they keep this game a little bit closer, but, but Oregon was able to pretty much close the door, um, you know, relatively early. They were up 28 to 13 at the half. Uh, and then they put 21 more on them in the third and only let up three points. And then, uh, it was kind of a boring fourth quarter with Oregon, you know, held scoreless and Arizona getting six points, but they were able to get off to a fast start in that first half once the offense got rolling and they were able to kind of just keep their pedal to the metal. Um, it's, it's, a it's a game that they, they needed to have. And it, it made more sense because I feel like Oregon kind of looked like a little bit of the Oregon of old, you know, winning games that they're supposed to win. I think that with the, the coaching transition and, you know, some of the room for growth for Oregon has been that a lot of like a game like Cal last year shouldn't even be close, but it is close. Um, and then we, we've seen what's happened when Oregon hits the road uh, with, with Utah. And it just seems like this, this, um, this Oregon coaching staff is able to make adjustments. That's one of the biggest, another big takeaway is they're able to identify areas where they're maybe a little bit coming up a little short from where they would rather be. And then on a week by week basis, they're able to uh, able to implement that. Um, another good thing to see in this game was uh, Justin Flo was able to return and, uh, you know, and go. He had four total tackles in this one. Um, Triquist Bridges had a pass breakup. Christian Gonzalez had a pass breakup. Um, and then as far as the pass rush, I think that the pass rush was showing up more and more this game. Um, let's see. Um, the, the pass rush, I look at the comments sometimes and I just kind of have a little bit of a brain fart. Um, but the pass rush, I think it, it showed up more this game but maybe not necessarily in the area of sacks. I think you're just, you're getting more pushback. You're getting good plays off that front seven. Uh, DJ Johnson had uh, some TFLs in this game, um, especially I think it was defending the run. Um, and and let's see what else we got here. Um, it's really kind of just the, the same guys that are, you know, stepping up and making plays. Jeffrey Bossa had a sack um, and, and that's, that's great. Um, to, to see more of these guys stepping up um, and continuing to, to have strong seasons. Who else can we talk about here? Let me, let me go ahead and see what else we got here. Okay. Yeah. Season high three takeaways with two fumble recoveries and an interception. So that means that, okay. Yeah, DJ Johnson got one and then Keon where Hudson recovered the other one. Um, so they're, they're forcing turnovers and they're not reliant on turnovers. That's another big comparison between last year's team and this year's team. Some of the turnovers that Oregon was getting in 2021, the offense was so bad, they needed the defense to give them a spark. And they were kind of that bend, don't break defense. That's not the case this year, at least not so far. Um, it's it's They've come at more, maybe more ideal times. Uh, the biggest thing I'm just getting at is that last year's defense really seemed like it was reliant on turnovers to kind of save their skin sometimes, but um, it's, it's harder to move the ball on this Oregon defense. I think than, than last year um, I, I like the, the way that the depth has shown up when, when guys have, you know, gotten hurt or, or been absent for whatever uh, amount of time. So they're, then they're seeing more of those uh, steady contributors, you know, Christian Gonzalez is Christian Gonzalez. I mean, what do we, what more do we need to say about him? I think 
he's quietly putting together probably one of the best defensive back seasons in the Pac-12 right now. And there's legitimate buzz. I think I saw a PFF mock draft that had him at 10th to the Patriots. What do we think about that? Uh, for an Oregon defensive back to go in the top 10 would be amazing. Uh, I think it would definitely be the highest drafted defensive back for Oregon since Javon Holland. Um, so Christian Gonzalez is a, is a dude for sure. And he, he shows up every week. You just need to see more of those guys, um, more of those guys kind of stepping up and uh, making their making their impact. Let's see here. What else do we have here? Uh, David says Chip Kelly's post game after Utah was great. He said it's hard to replicate a good week of preparation each and every week. Love the process, and it will love you back. Yeah, maybe we can kind of um, maybe shift a little bit. Uh, we only got a couple more minutes left in today's show. We can shift a little bit to kind of where Oregon is at heading into their bye week. I think this is about the best situation that you could have asked for. The only other thing you could have asked for was beating Georgia to open the season. And, and that's a little bit of a long shot, uh, a little bit far-fetched, right? Um, but the rattle off five straight wins, you get two prove it wins, you know, show me games on the road with Washington state and Arizona. And this bye week really comes at the perfect time for Oregon, especially after Utah got that big win over, or UCLA rather got that big win over Utah. So you get a chance to rest up, get healthy and, and really study the heck out of your next opponent. Ducks are going to be facing the UCLA Bruins on October 22nd at 1230 PM. We're waiting to see if that game is going to be on FS1 or Fox, but they also released their new uniforms for the, uh, for the UCLA games some some special stomp out cancer, uh, breast cancer awareness uniforms. Let me see if I can actually bring those up and share my screen before we before we get out of here. Um, hold on, here we go. All right, present. Share my screen. There we go. All right, here are the uniforms. If you guys are watching along on YouTube, uh, I feel like most people have seen them, but they are up now. You got Brandon Dorless. Love the pink, pink wings, pink cleats, pink logos, and and lettering. Um, these are just awesome, but I think that, yeah, this, this, um, this bye week comes at just the right time for Oregon. Um, fortunately not dealing with any crazy injuries right now can kind of get, uh, get the team up to speed and get ready. Um, let's see what we got here. Andrew says, uh, great catch max with Mateo and the duck gloves. Hope it's a sign of things to come. Yeah, if you guys didn't see that, uh, I was at the modern-day St. John Bosco game last week, and Mateo was wearing Oregon gloves. I don't think it necessarily means a whole lot, but we know that Oregon's a top school in, in that one. Let's see here. What else do we got? Rudy says, really seems like this team makes adjustments even quicker than Chip did when we were a second-half team. Yeah, and, and I think that's the mark of a good coach, right? Even though Dan Lanning is so young, he's showing that he has the ability to get his team to buy in, to – you know, hone in on things. Like I said, with the penalties, cleaning that up from week to week. Um, also, another thing that's interesting is, is keeping his team disciplined and not letting them celebrate during shout. I think that's an interesting thing. Um, I think that that's absolutely one of my favorite parts of going to Oregon games. So I know that it's a little hard for fans uh, to not see the team and players jumping around. Um, but yeah, it seems like they're able to make adjustments and, and lock in. Um, the preparation has been good. The game planning has been good. Um, and you know, that this is just a really, really solid team win and one that they needed. 
Um, you wonder if with um, is is UCLA on their buy too? I gotta I gotta check that. I forgot I was sharing my screen. Um, but let me see. Uh, I think UCLA might be on a buy, um, which is interesting that they're both on buys at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah, they are on a buy. So Oregon and UCLA both meet each other coming off of a bye week, um, which is which is interesting. Let's see. Oh, we can go through some of these other pictures real quick. I think this is the last one, but really, really cool uniforms. Let me know how you feel about these uniforms for Oregon. We know unis aren't everything, but when you're covering a school like Nike U, uh, you got to give them a shout out. Uh, Andrew asks, you think Flo or Sewell is going to spy DTR? Can either keep up with him? Um, yeah, I think... I think I'd probably go with Sewell to spy him just because he's a little more experienced. I think... Jeffrey Bossa might be the fastest linebacker that they have. So maybe that makes more sense to, to have him um, spy uh, DTR, but DTR is an absolute playmaker. No doubt about it. He's going to be a big talent, big challenge for Oregon. But the nice thing is that the nice thing is that Oregon played UCLA last year. So there's a little bit of carryover, right? With, with the PAC 12 South matchups. I mean, I guess there's no, not necessarily divisions anymore, but that's a whole other thing. Um, so those returners for Oregon, they've already played UCLA and, and DTR, so they know kind of what to expect a little bit with this game. But I just this goes back to another thing that I've said throughout the year is that Oregon's played a lot of really good quarterbacks already, some of them with a variety of skill sets, some more mobile guys, fast guys like Jaden Delora and, and Jaron Hall, um, and then maybe some more traditional guys like Tanner McKee, right? So they've got this good blend of experience already when it comes to quarterbacks that they've faced. But uh, I think that's going to do it for me here on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Uh, Favor to ask you guys, you know the rules, like the video, smash the subscribe button. We're continuing to grow the show. And then please do me a big favor. Check out DucksDigest.com for the latest written content and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, with other Duck fans. I'm going to get out of here, guys. But thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. And we will see you in the next one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.